Hello and welcome to my new show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I am searching for people with integrity. Today, we have as our guest, accomplished guest, Dr. Joy Pugh, who is a researcher, a best-selling author, and speaker. Welcome, Dr. Joy. Thank you, John, for having me on your show today. I'm looking so forward to it. Well, good. I have uh, have an understanding that for over 40 years, you've been involved in researching biblical prophecy involving current events. Yes, it started as a as a young girl. My interest was very actually sparked by a dream that I had when I was six years old that I really believed that I saw something like the end of days. And so throughout my life, I've been really looking for all the pieces of the puzzle to help me understand really what I felt like I saw in a, in a vision kind of dream during the middle of the night when I was six years old. So for the last 40 some odd years, it has been a real desire for me to put the pieces of the puzzle together, along with working on all the uh, work that I did as far as becoming uh, a doctor in administration and looking after a lot of people who had mental and physical handicaps. But this particular area of my life was always the undercurrent that was, I guess, pushing me on. So it's it's been a part of my life for a long time to... Uh, to try to put the pieces together. And, you know, when I first started doing this, it was really for the purpose of me answering questions for myself, never really thinking that I would become a speaker about uh, end of days or a an author or a writer or anything of that uh, magnitude. I really wanted to uh, work with people and help people, counsel people, and uh, and teach people. So being able to do something that I really feel like was really laid into my life when I was six years old. And then from that really point on, I built upon what I felt was this inner calling. And of course, being born and raised in South Georgia and being a Southern Baptist, attending Southern Baptist religions most of my life, uh, that was not availability as far as being a pastor for me. So this undercurrent of wanting to know the truth really was something that I was trying to answer questions for myself. Although I did ask a lot of uh, of my Sunday school teachers and pastors to explain some things to me, and they would go, where do you come up with all this? So it was something that I have really had in my life for a very long time that has been a driving force. And now I look back, now that I'm 63 years old and I look back, I can see how this has been the major thread that has driven me to do all the things that I've done in my life, and even though I've touched into a lot of different fields of study and had a lot of experience in doing a lot of different things, this has always been the thing that was most important to me. So I'm tickled to be able to to talk about it, to share my research, my books, and um, and like God, God has given try to explain to people about the days in which we are now living. Well, one of the subjects that, um, of course, got my attention was the science part, and I immediately thought about something called a virus. Oh, yes. Well, you know, when we look at uh, viruses, and when I first wrote my first book back in 1999, I brought up the fact that there were already, there was a number of hot viruses that were occurring around the globe. And in that book, I tried to share some of the things and some of the viruses that were going on. And I guess at that particular time, I had done a lot of research on the Ebola 
and the Marburg virus that typically you see break out in uh, Africa. And that particular virus was so hot that if, you know, within 24 hours, if you were exposed to it, you would be dead. It would cause you to really just bleed out. Your internal organs would turn to mush. You would just completely bleed out. And so I, because of my love for prophecy, I had really came an understanding that in the end of days, that these plagues were going to get to be very serious. So since 1999, when that first book came out, you know, I've seen different viruses. Uh, really, we start finding things like the Zika virus, the H1N1, the, the bird flu, the swine flu. We've had a number of viruses that have really been very serious, but yet we've had way to uh, counter, I guess, counteract them. And then when I started looking at the genetically modified things that were going on, and I've, and I've, I've researched a lot of this in my second book, the one called Eden, the Knowledge of Good and Evil 666, Volume 1 and 2, I went into great detail about how genetically modifying things and, and doing things to the environment was setting up viruses that could, in, in their DNA, change out. And then because of my studies in bio you know, technology, then I began to see how you could take certain viruses and you could mix them and make them chimeric. In other words, where you could flip them from an animal-type virus into an, a human virus. And some of the work that I did on the AIDS virus involving the green monkey and the, the virus was particularly already in a vaccination that was being used to try to stop things like polio and things like that in third world countries. They knew that there was something in that particular virus that allowed that to assimilate the, the particular medicine that they wanted to put in your system or your system to try to counteract some of those things like malaria and, and typhoid fever and things of that nature. But at the same time, they didn't identify what it was in that monkey virus that could be very serious. And so there's, you know, really speculation that the monkey actually had, the green monkey actually had something like the AIDS problem. And then when we introduced it into the human population chimerically, that then we uh, established, you know, an AIDS epidemic in which there was people who were having sexual relationships, had no idea that anybody was sick, and yet they were carrying the virus and giving it to someone without anybody knowing it. So because I had studied that and had seen how that could really manifest itself, back in those days, we didn't have a a worldwide web when I first started working on all this. And we were not really involved in international trade and, and international movement like we have become today. But it was my concern in seeing this, how the spread could be done very secretly and not being known, where if we typically are around someone who, had, let's say, has influenza and they are sick, most times within five or six days, if you've been exposed to that, then you know you're around someone sick and then you come down with it and then you know that you were able to catch that particular virus. But using a biotech weapon or doing a chimeric virus in which it can be placed in your body and make it last, let's say, 30 days in incubation, then all that particular period of time, if you're highly infectious, then you have infected a large number of people, much like the Marburg and the, and the um and other type of viruses that are the hot viruses, except you don't come down with it until later. So, you know, when I first became aware of the COVID-19 virus, I was quite concerned about it, and that was back uh, in early January. 
and a best friend. And she said, Joy, you just seem very concerned this morning. And I said, well, I have heard something that really bothered me during the night. I said, I get, in, I get emails from all over the world about things because of the research that I do. I have a lot of people that I use as contact people in other countries because I want to know what's from what's going on in the country, not some uh, news media here trying to play it or do something different to it. And so I told her, I said, this particular virus reminds me of a chimeric virus, but I said, it seems to me that it has something additional to it, and I'm not so sure it's not a biotech weapon. And so, I, you know, my concern was, if it is, and if it manifests itself, then we may be looking at, a, you know, an epidemic, a pandemic that will really touch the entire world. And she was like, are you kidding me? Do you really think that? And, of course, I did. And, and you know, we went to church, and then a couple of days, you know, months later, you know, at church, I was saying, well, we're not going to quit having church. We're not going to do this. And, you know, the preachers were trying to stand up against this virus. And I know we got back in the car, and she said, well, you just don't look really like you believe what our pastor may have been trying to tell us. And I said, well, I want to believe that it's going to pass, but I don't think so. I said, for the first time in all the research that I've done, I've been doing this a very, very long time. I've never seen anything that I felt like could literally cripple us. And I said, and I think it's going to cripple us in a way that we've never dreamed. I said, and she said, what do you mean? I said, economically. I said, I think that we're going to be in a position where we can't be around people. We can't do anything. You know, we can't go to work. If we do, we're going to expose it to everyone, and then we're going to have mass death. And sure enough, John, that's what began happening. Now, I cannot say that that was prophetically given to me. I can just say that because of the research that I've done on all these viruses for so long, I could see the pieces of the puzzle coming together to form something that would literally cripple America, cripple our stock market, do things to us as far as international trades, and all the other kinds of things. It had already concerned me that there was a swine flu, you know, that were in hogs and things like that. You know, you can look at the the animal world, and we've been dealing with a lot of viruses in animals for a very long time where you would see a, a congregations of numbers. Uh, we had a deer type of uh, virus that killed a lot of deers in our area. When you get an overpopulation and you get people on top of each on top of each other, then the chances of spreading viruses very quickly becomes a real concern. And I think that's why China, because it's so populated and it's so uh, on top of one another, almost like ants in that country, that being able to spread this virus very quickly was very easy to do. And we have always had the ability as, as humans to have the, the need for human touch. I mean, if you don't hold a child when they're born, a child will die from not having physical intervention with them. So us touching the, the way that we typically do with people is an easy way, any type of virus like that. Uh, and, and once this started manifesting itself, then it became a concern of mine because of having studied end of days and the things that were going to start happening at the end of days, and that included things of the, the um, apocalypse and the four horsemen, you know, where you talk about the white horse, red horse, black horse, pale horse, and what the kind of things that are going to be happening. The thing that was so, I guess, important to me about this COVID was for the first time I saw something that was doing something global, that was changing things globally. And scripture has always told us that we would head back to something kind of like the old Roman Empire, which, you know, everybody was under one group or under one belief 
the majority of the, the world. And so when you see these things happen, and I've been watching the changes in the way these other countries were losing their uh, dictators or the people that were over them and that their banks were being brought up by the central bank system and that one world bank was kind of really being uh, manifested within these other countries. And then I saw the fact that we were having these famines and how the famines were getting very serious and how bad the locusts were really getting that these locusts now are larger than your hand. They can devour a complete, let's say, cornfield in about 30 seconds. And, of course, me growing up on a little Georgia farm, my father was a farmer, and I'm thinking to myself, 30 seconds and a whole field would be gone. I mean, in your mind, you just know what it takes to combine and, and to do that kind of stuff and how long it takes in the field. So because of the changes in the sun, moon, and stars, because of the changes and the deaths and things that we see in the fish population, the bird population, the animal population, and then you see the numbers of droughts and floods, uh, increases in the hurricanes, increases in the uh, strength and the uh, severity of what we now call tornadoes and our winters, and then the fact that some of our poles in the area up in the north, that they have absolutely lost um, you know, the frigid temperatures in which the snow has melted. There's just been a lot of changes all at once. And so when this COVID-19, I felt like this was a start of something that we had never seen in our country. If we go back, let's say, six to seven months or eight months ago, we changed completely. Our lives felt that that first change happened back in the year and that we were seeing a change. I saw another change in the way that we were handling business in 2012, that there was something just a little bit different happening. And I think now that this particular pandemic has happened and we see the other things escalating, including lawlessness, which I always felt at the end of days would be a major play to tell us about the days of the tribulation because it tells us that the lawless one will come to power and somebody here will be able to do that and there will be people who will follow into that lawlessness. So the fact that we are now seeing the call to destroy monuments and recently in the last couple of days, the decision by some of those same people to destroy Christian monuments, let's say statues of Jesus, statues of Mary and that kind of thing and then going after churches then we've also seen in the cemeteries where cemetery plots and, and monuments have been sprayed and, and disfigured and that kind of thing. We're seeing a complete change of following rules in the world to changing to not following rules, to wanting to defund the police, to not have law established in the world. And that really, I feel like, is one of the final straws into leading us into these tribulation periods where we were, are told in, in, in Revelation will be seven trumpets. So there will be hell, fire, major blood, burning mountains. Uh, there's going to be a star called Wormwood. It's going to look back and look at NASA's numbers, meteorites, and how much closer they hit us, you know, actually hit the earth in the last five years. The danger of that, how that is increasing how the locusts are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and how the famine is getting to the point that there's probably going to be about 20 or 25 countries by the end of this year that will not be able to feed themselves. You can look at Australia that completely burned that entire country and animals lost in those fires. Well, where would they basket of the world? 
people and the other country going to the exploring that and the pandemics that have gone around the world with other things like the swine flu and things like that and the in the and the hog population and that kind of thing the limited number of of meats and things that are available you can even see in our country right now hamburger meat what is hamburger meat running what is steak running we are we are seeing those days escalate where we will not be able to purchase some of the foods that we particularly need so when you look at that and you see that you know, in the seven vials that are mentioned in the book of Revelation, there's talks of like people having boils on their skin, and that means there's going to be even more plague. So if we come out of this COVID-19 from the research that I've done, it's only going to get worse. We're not going to get better. The, the, the hurricanes are going to escalate. We've already been told that this season is going to be worse. We see how the record temperatures are being broken across the country. We see how the uh, hurricanes, uh, not hurricanes, but the tornadoes are getting worse in the areas, especially in the area in which I live. We never saw tornadoes when I was a child. And now every time we get a dark cloud, we have a tornado coming down and hitting and destroying stuff. And some of them can be E4s and E5 tornadoes. So the fact that we have even experienced some earthquakes down into Georgia, which is was unheard of. I mean, there's different things that are happening that are increasing that tells us that these seven vials, these strange things, for example, rivers turning to blood, the sea turning to blood. You can look, I wrote about this years ago, about these particular organisms that live in the water. And as our water heats up, it causes these algae blooms. And these algae blooms are toxic. And if fish are around them or any type of mammal in the water, including us, if we breathe those toxins that are given off, you will get neurological damage from that. And there's areas in our oceans now where there's not anything even on the bottom of the ocean that's living that is absolutely dead. And it's interesting to me that when these um, types of algae balloon, they turn red. They turn rivers completely red. I mean, I've seen oceans, like the Indian Ocean not too long ago had these blooms, and it, it looked like blood. It literally looked like blood washed up and on the shores. So there's, you know, the fact that the seven vials mentioned this to us about hail. And I was thinking the other day about how they were showing on TV how the hailstorms are getting bigger and they're breaking through windows and they're breaking through the tops of cars and they're literally destroying the sides of houses. And we are told that that hail is only going to get worse and worse. And I've noticed like on my Google map and I have a thing that tracks storms on my phone. And I've noticed that when the storms come up where you used to would see these little circles that would talk about hell was in those particular storms the other day it was like the whole side coming at us was just filled with all these little dots that hell was falling in those areas we usually in the past if you had a hell storm it was like a severe major major storm but now it's getting to where every storm is typically having hell in, involved into it so these are things um John, that I have seen escalate that seem to be telling me from a research standpoint that we are looking now at a tribulation period where the times before when I would talk about these things, I would say, well, these kind of things are going to be happening as we come up to the end of days and the tribulation period. And I know there are a lot of people who are very scared to start saying that because many, many people in years past, 
who try to do biblical prophecy sometimes would try to set dates. And so people get really scared about that. But I've always said it's better to discuss it. Even if you fall short in understanding about it, it's better to start discussing it because what we are told in Scripture is that these days are going to get like a woman in travail. In other words, a woman that is pregnant. When she first gets pregnant, she may have a little morning sickness every now and then, and she may have some little bit of problems and twinges and pains. But as she gets closer to delivering her child, those pains are going to get much greater and much stronger to the point that it's bearable because the pain is so much stronger, greater, closer together until the baby is born. Now, because I've done research for over 40 years, I can honestly say when I first started doing this all these years ago, I could find little bits and pieces of the puzzle like I'm telling you about pestilences might have happened, plagues that might have happened, viruses that might have been out there, uh, earthquakes every now and then, uh, things like of that nature. But they were, you know, I was plotting them, but they were they were far apart from each other. Now we see these things happen. If you have Google Maps, you can see the numbers of earthquakes. That's the one thing that I'm amazed by because I've watched earthquakes for a very long time. And when I wrote my book series, Beguiled, Eden to Armageddon, that book, those books, I tried to use uh, some of the history of how these things have gotten worse over time. And what I found is they were getting so much worse that I didn't have enough enough room in my my book to keep up with all the data. So what it was telling me was where I had books before that I could put really what happened in a couple of years and it would be correct, you know, and, and be able to be put in a book. As I began continuing to write, to list all the stuff that really was occurring worldwide. So it's interesting to me now that when I watch TV, every day I see red flags that are telling me that the end of days are coming. You know, it's, it's, it's looking like that this peace plan that uh, President Trump, you know, has, has brought to the table there are Arabs that are really looking at this because it's an economic plan. It's not something that's ever been done in the past. Most of the plans in the past have been more of a political thing. But when you look at economics and you see that the economics of the world are about to change and that the central banks have become more central localized and the fact that there's going to be famines and there's going to be uh, needs of people, they're going to be looking at what can give me money to sustain my people. Well, that's a good levering, leveraging tool when you want to be able to bring people together under a peace plan. So I think that um, what we're seeing is lining up in Scripture, that everything is going to be focused back into that uh, Israel area, which was the promised land that supposedly the Battle of Armageddon and all that is going to happen there in the Valley of Medigeto, those are things that are lining up. Uh, one of the things that in Tribulation, the book of Revelation, talks about is the Euphrates River drying up and allowing the kings of the east, which are the Chinese, because it says there's going to be this two million man army that be able to cross the Euphrates and come in there to fight into that, ba into that Battle of Armageddon. Well, what we find is back when Egypt developed as one dam, we can now dry up the Euphrates River and allow somebody to come right through and come into that. So there's all these things that are happening, fulfilling, and getting us ready days. I'm amazed by my own research because this is something that I started on my own as a young girl back when I was about 11 or 12 years old. 
And from that time on, I have always had this intense desire to understand what I felt like was a terrible battle that was going to happen and that I was going to really be a part of the generation that was going to see this occur. It becoming like that woman in travail with all these things happening at the same time and all the stuff being set up, like the return of the priesthood to the sacrifice. In Israel, we have, you know, an altar that's built. All the, the utensils that were ever used in the original temple have built in, have been built like in a temple and place. And then you've got the red heifers that have been re um, reborn again through uh, genetics and whatever to make sure that they don't have any white spots so that they in, in their sacrificial time will be able to be sacrificed because they couldn't have anything you know that would be uh, a blemish so it, there's just all of these things at one time that are just bringing themselves together to really I think uh, wake us up if we don't wake up then right. we're heading into something that we don't have the slightest clue as to why all of this is occurring, but yet our scriptures tell us this is exactly what's going to occur. Exactly. The um, the matter, of course, is is already global. It's been in it's in Brazil, it's in India, and it, it'll spread fast there. The question about the COVID in the in the U.S., of course, is you just don't know. It doesn't want to seem to let go, and it's been complicated, of course, by um, protests, riots, and politics. Uh, all of this uh, coming at once, it, it, it's a big, big change in the, in the world's energy. Um, I'm going to have to ask you a question. Sure. And that question is, um, are you working on a new book? And, <laughs> and, and, and one more, please tell our audience how they can also find you. Okay. Yes, I have a new book that will be coming out in about uh, two or three months. But now this book that is going to be coming out is a book called Special Parables of Joy, Triumphs of the Disabled. And this particular book is about the fight that I uh, for one forty two that would allow handicapped people the right to be able to have ability not to have to stand on the sidelines of life, to be mainstreamed and that kind of thing. So it's about clients that I work with. It's, it's in regard to the work that I do with Special Olympic Program. It's a, it's a fight about trying to get people to be able to be mainstreamed and that kind of thing. And it's really very powerful because I think a lot of people think that, you know, there's been a lot of discrimination against certain races and that kind of things in the world. But I'll honestly tell you that the handicapped have been the most discriminated people ever since I remember reading about handicapped people. So uh, this book is going to be about that. I'm going to also, I've already started a book about the pineal gland because I feel like that's Satan's final frontier to be able to take control of our bodies through remote control. The gland is much like a corpse. It has uh, a transponder and a receiver in it. And some of the scientific work that I've seen done already with MIT and some of the other people where they can lock on to you and control you biologically has a real concern for me be controlled to the point that we would lose our free will. So I'm working on that as well. And I do have some of that information already in my Beguile series, Eden to Armageddon, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. So if you're interested in something like that and want to know more about that particular area of interest, as well as I do, uh, I'm do, i doing research more on the Shroud of Turin, which is another area of interest. So the Shroud of Turin and that are two things that I will be talking about if everything works out. I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia in a conference 
Sacred Word Publishing is putting on a conference with about 11 or 12 authors from around the country. And I will be doing two sessions, one that will be involved with the Shroud of Turin and the Antichrist in the coming days of which we are living. And the other one will be about the pineal gland that I just talked about and the control that it will have on us. And so that conference is September the 11th, 12th, and 13th, and that's through Sacred Word Publishing. All of my books are located at my website. My website is www.drjoy, and it's D-R-J-O-Y-E. My name is Joy with an E. So my dad dreamed about me before I was born, and he dreamed that that was supposed to be my name. So I have an unusual spelling for Joy. So it's Dr. Joy, D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. And on my website, there's a submission form if you're interested in asking me a question. I have a radio show every last Monday night of each month on YouTube. It's from 8 to 10, Sacred Word Publishing host that show for me in which I answer all the questions I receive on those submission forms each month. And uh, also at my website, you can see my books. If you'll click on my books, my music is also there as well. I have a CD and uh, I have eight books and then I have a CD. And then if you would like to be a Facebook friend of mine, you can go to Joy, J-O-Y-E. The last name is Pew. It's spelled P as in Paul, U-G-H. And you can friend me there, and you can keep up with the radio shows and things that I am involved with. Uh, I try to post the links, and then if I do a show just like with you, John, and you send me something that I can connect to, then I will post it on the my Facebook page where people can continue to listen to it and uh, and have an ability to hear the work that I am doing on a lot of different radio. I do a lot of different radio shows and enjoy doing that very much because I feel like it's really important right now for people to know what's happening and not be so afraid that they are not understanding why this is happening in the world. And I feel like that the research I have done kind of gives you answers to give you some security, even in bad bad times. So those are the best ways to reach me. It's through my Facebook page or through, uh, you know, the uh, the website there at www.drjoy.com. Dr. Joy, you have a lot going on. I stay very, very, very busy, and I and I enjoy what I do, and I'm so thankful for people like you that allow me to come on your show and talk about the work that I feel like God has led me to do since I was six years old. So thank you so much for doing that for me today. Thank you very much for visiting with us today, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Happy trails to all.